Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. people welcome to another episode of sacred city vision drip pastor sam with you today and i uh i'm i'm fulfilling a promise that i've made in last week's episode of taking time to unpack a little bit more of our vision or our prayer for the year 2021 um now i i, I talked about this a little bit last week and just how silly i looked uh, in 2020, laying out a big vision for our church, praying that God would double us by discipleship. Uh, in the moment, you know, it sounded awesome. It sounded like something that uh, a mountain I'd, I wanted to climb. And honestly, I still do want to climb that mountain. Um, but given the circumstances of COVID and all of the weirdness of the past year that's lingering into this year, uh, it just didn't come to fruition and uh, proved that uh, I don't, when I, when I give these uh, New Year sermons, um, doesn't necessarily mean I've received a revelation from the Lord that this is going to be true, uh, which is evident in this case. So I, I, I think I've taken a bit of a more humble approach, although when you get into some of these things that we're going to talk about, they're actually pretty epic. Um, instead of casting this big vision that's based on, um, you know, it, like a, a, a huge amount of growth um, and seeing our church double, in in a year, which would have been freaking cool, guys. Um, I'm telling you, I've taken a more humble approach. Say, hey, this is what we're gonna work with. What we got here, we can't really control who's gonna come in. We can't really control, you know, where people are at with their comfort levels, with you know the whole virus deal. Um, but we do have some sort of dominion over ourselves being here, the people who are present. Um, and and I think that as we um, grow in these areas that I want to lay out here in this New Year vision, um, we as we grow, as we develop, as we know more, do good, joyfully endure, worship hard, um, we get to see some of the the benefits of that. Like just, I think people will naturally come to Jesus as we live out of these things. So that's what the approach that I've taken. It's a prayer, and I hijacked this prayer from the Apostle Paul. Um, from Colossians chapter one, I'll read uh, part of it. Actually, it's it's verses nine through fourteen, and he says he's talking to the church in Colossae. He says, and so from the from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge 
of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. And so I, I've, I've taken this prayer and I've sort of packaged it with four headings, four real simple things for us to remember. And to uh, we've got bookmarks about it, throw it in your Bibles, throw it in the books you're reading, um, just for you to kind of see it, pray for it, ask God to, to do this in our church. And honestly, selfishly, this is what I'm just praying for myself. I want to know more. And and so that that's the first one to know more. When Paul says that we that we would be filled in all spiritual wisdom, um, that be filled in the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, and then he goes walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, um, increasing in the knowledge of God. That's what I want to talk about today. Um, the other ones we'll get to in, in separate episodes, which are do good, joyfully endure, uh, worship hard. So so I want to focus on here. What what are we talking about when we say that we're praying that we would know more this year in 2021. Uh, as Paul prays, like, like I just said, he says to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, this isn't like we think of like a cup flowing over here to be filled. So the, the knowledge of God being poured into us um, so constantly um, in, in such large quantities that it's like spilling over that we'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, see, this is why this is a, really quite a huge prayer. If you think about it, if you think about how vast and epic God is, the prayer that we're asking is that we would have this full awareness, a full understanding of, uh, 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 like a, a running over um, knowledge of God's will to increase in the knowledge of God. Um, and so what this means, we're not just saying that we would know more this year, right? I'm not just saying like, hey, we want to know more, like go to the library, check out whatever books interest you and, you know, just try to learn a bunch more this year. What we're talking specifically about in the year 2021, we want to know more about God. Okay. We want to increase in the knowledge of God as Paul prays in that prayer. Um, now this is because not all knowledge is created equal. It's true. Like there, knowledge is power. You can, you know, rock with that saying if you want to, um, but not all knowledge is going to be helpful. Not all knowledge is going to be beneficial. Not all knowledge is going to lead to flourishing. In fact, um, the, the, the preacher who's in Ecclesiastes, who's, who's sort of narrating this story, um, tells us, he, he kind of laments this reality that not all knowledge is created equal. Some, some knowledge is, is good and helpful and leads to flourish. Other knowledge, it, it's not helpful at all. He says, I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive this also, but it is a, a striving after the wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases in knowledge increases in sorrow. Now, I think this has been made pretty evident in the past year as, you know, uh, 
coronavirus and, and all of a sudden people got to become experts on certain things. And then we've got different experts talking about, you know, taking different angles, mass, no mass, uh, is a vaccine safe? Is it not safe? All these things. And so you, you get all of these so-called experts who are filled with wisdom and some sort of knowledge in this given area. And we're here, uh, hearing from two different sides or, or sometimes three or four different opinions about the matter. And, and really what happens, you get placed in this rabbit hole and you keep following the rabbit hole. And eventually it gets you to the point where, you know, you're, you're in utter darkness. Like if you, if you jump into the deep end, um, in the pursuit of knowledge of certain things, it can lead you to drown. All right. It's not all going to help you out. There, there's a place, there, there's a point where certain knowledge, certain wisdom um, brings this vexation and this sorrow that the preacher is identifying here. And so I'm saying that because it's not a matter of just gaining more knowledge in general, but more knowledge specifically of God. Now, I'm not advocating for ignorance and being uneducated. I, I think that there's all kinds of value in reading widely and studying and knowing more in general. But what we want to really focus in on is, is turning our attention to knowing God. And here's why. Because in Philippians, Paul says that it's knowing God that grants us peace, the peace which surpasses all understanding and guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, now, if there's ever been a time where our hearts and minds need to be more guarded, um, it's it's right now, okay? Like, we, we've got all kinds of alternate facts and different worldviews and sort of ideologies that are sort of being pumped at us. And, and there's a sense, like, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, if you're being honest about what's coming at us— um, there's a little bit of truth in almost everything, okay? There's a little bit of truth in almost everything. Not everything is completely wrong, and so it can be hard to decipher what what should we be listening to? Who should we be listening to? Like, how should we best live our lives in line with these worldviews and, and political ideologies and, and social agendas? Like, how do we actually do that well? And this is where uh, it comes into know God and to be filled with the knowledge uh, of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Because we don't want to be tossed to and fro by the different ideas and concepts, um, the different things that are being pumped out at our culture at large. We want to abide by the way of God. And so we need to understand and know God in a deep way and be grounded in that, be guarded by that. And now here, here's how, okay, how do we go about knowing God? Now, you can say there's two, most people say there's two ways. Um, there's, there's two ways that God reveals himself to us. Um, two ways we can know more about God. First of all is natural revelation. So like you step outside your door, you walk into the woods, go to the Grand Canyon, go to the ocean, right? You, you, you get to see a glimpse of God's glory. All right. You can look at that and say, wow, logic tells me this didn't just come out of nowhere. Um, somebody had to make this, somebody designed this, like, look at the human body. Like uh, we were talking with, uh, one of our elder candidates a, a, a week or so ago, and he's been reading this textbook about, uh, genetics. And, uh, he's like, this book has increased my worship for God so much more just because of the intricacies of the human body. There's no way that they just, you know, evolved from a single cell organism. Um, somebody had to design it. So, so in some ways we can know about God by looking at the natural revelation, because if he creates beauty, that must mean he has an appreciation for what's beautiful. Um, it, it, if it's so grand and vast, we can speak to the glory and the, the greatness, the largeness of God. Um, but there's actually a limit in how, how much we actually 
can know about God through natural revelation, just by simply looking at creation. And then this gets into uh, the necessity for having special revelation. So something that goes beyond seeing creation, but actually knowing God um, through his word. That That's how special revelation is communicated to us. It's, it's how we come to know who God is, what he's like, what he's done, how he's interacted with humanity throughout history. And the place where we learn about God is through the sacred text, the Holy Bible. Okay. Now I say special revelation. Now there's a little bit of a caveat here with this because yes, we ultimately say the Bible, um, that, that, you know, that's what most Christian circles are. The drum that they're going to beat is, is special revelation comes through the Bible. Now I do also want to acknowledge that, that there is, um, special revelation that happens through unique personal circumstances. I, I read a book, um, by, I can't think of his name. He was a, a guy that was with Ravi Zacharias, uh, ministries. He former Muslim, um, and he talks about his conversion story and how he came to know God. And um, and it was a story that's pretty common for a lot of Muslim people coming from a Muslim background. Um, he said that what what got him um, to to see God, to, and he said, to like, uh, what was it? The title of the book is Seeking Allah, Finding God. Um, so if you want to read this, it's very fascinating. But just the story, a common story among Muslim people is um, that that they, they encounter God through a dream or some sort of revelation, some sort of a vision, um, where they encounter God, they encounter Jesus. Um, and now with that vision, with that sort of personal, that unique revelation, think of the apostle Paul when he gets knocked off his horse, right? And he blinded, right? That That's a special, unique, personal revelation that happened. But every time that happens, that's going to be validated by the special revelation that we have in the word of God. Okay. So, so those are really the two ways that, that natural revelation that we see in creation, the special revelation where God is communicating to us, he's revealing himself, he's showing himself to us usually, and, and, and it's validated through the book of the Bible. So listen, if, if you're going to pray this prayer with me in 2021, that we would know more, and I hope you do, okay, that you'd be praying it for, for yourself, you'd be praying it for the people in your mission community, praying for our church at large, that we would know more of God. If you're going to pray this prayer with me, it means that you're going to inevitably have to pick up your Bible with me, okay? Because you cannot know more of God. You cannot be filled uh, with, with spiritual wisdom. You cannot grow in, in increasing in the knowledge of God without picking up your Bible, folks. And so this is this is a prayer that, yeah, we're asking God to grant us, to reveal himself to us, but there's also this element where we're being called to to chase, to knock, to seek, to find, right? To, to go after this, uh, this knowledge of God by getting into our Bible. Now, there... Like, like never before, there's so many ways to get into your Bible. Okay. So the, you know, I don't know if you, you know this, but they still like print and bind books. Uh, um, and so, uh, that's a great way to go about reading your Bible, pick up an actual hard copy of a Bible. If you don't own a Bible, uh, you, what you should do when you come on Sunday morning, cause that's another place where we get to know more about God, um, is you should grab one of those pew Bibles and take it home with you, okay? So that way you have a, a legitimate Bible. Now, in the meantime, if you don't have a Bible, um, 
there are so many apps out there that can help you get into your Bible. First of all, there's the Bible app. It's a great Bible app. I, I It's the one that I use um, the most when I'm reading the Bible. Um, version, I think, is the one who makes it. Um, it's really neat. Um, got, got a bunch of different translations. You can have, uh, there's a guy that'll read it to you. Um, you can set the speed to slower or faster, depending on, on why you're reading or what you're trying to do. Um, they've got a bunch of different Bible reading plans. There's a social dimension to it where, you know, as you're reading and you're highlighting stuff, people can see what you're reading and highlighting. Um, you can do it. I love this part. This is part of the accountability thing I'm going to talk about in a minute um, is you can do it with, the, uh, you know, your fight club or your mission community. You can all like commit to, to using this, this Bible app and you can see who's tracking with you, who's staying up to date uh, with the Bible because it kind of marks your progress. So, so the Bible app uh, by you version, incredible resource, very good. The other one, if you just, if it's like hard for you to read, if, and and I think it's really important for us to actually read, for our eyes to be to to go over the the words ourselves, and that allows us the gives us the time and the space to sort of stop and reflect and reread and go back and do the stuff that will really help us to like let the the knowledge of God uh, seep into our hearts and our minds. Um, I think that's helpful. But but if if maybe you drive a lot, and rather than listening to talk radio or you're bored of your normal podcast, because honestly, almost every podcast has the same. Uh, sort of cadence, um, and you can only take so much of it. You got to change it up. Um, one of the greatest resources that we want to make available to you is the Dwell Bible app. It's a, a Bible app. Um, also has a bunch of reading plans, has a bunch of different things um, to help you get into the Word of God. But somebody reads it to you. You can choose ambient music or, or whatever kind of music, background music. Um, whether you want to lay in bed while you're trying to fall asleep and let Psalm 23 sort of wash over you as you are falling asleep, um, as you're driving to get through some of the Gospels or some of the historical narrative of the Old Testament. It's an incredible app. And we want to make this available to you. It's typically, I, I forget what the, the dollar amount is, maybe it's like 30 bucks a year or something like that. Um, we want to gift this to you. Okay. So uh, on our social media, um, uh, today on sacred city, Moline, Facebook and Instagram, I put up uh, a post with a link to getting your free year subscription of the dwell Bible app. Now you would be a dummy not to capitalize on this. All right. So right now, if you got to pause this, Go download it. Download the Bible app, get your free subscription, and start making it a regular daily routine um, and get into the Word of God, even if it's just for, you know, you you got five minutes in the morning. Um, and really, what difference does five minutes of sleep make, honestly, if you get up five minutes earlier to spend some time in a psalm? Okay, so making that time, getting into the Bible on a regular basis. Now, another thing that you want to do is get some accountability um, because with any sort of habit goal, which is what what we're trying to do here, we want to make not just this year a year of knowing more of God, but kind of cultivate godly habits of daily and year over year, knowing more of God, because this is a an eternal pursuit for us, that there's never going to be a point in our earthly lives where we say, you know what, I've been filled uh, to the brim of the knowledge of God. Actually, God just continues to increase our capacity to know more about him. Okay, so right now you might feel like you know a lot about God. Well, well, God wants to increase your capacity to know even more because God is infinite. So there's no end to knowing about God. So get some accountability, get some people who are going to do 
it with you. Maybe you're going to set up a Bible reading plan. Right now, I'm working through the M Chain um, Bible Year in a Bible in a Year um, plan with my wife. We're using the Bible app to keep track of each other and make sure we're each getting into the Word and have that accountability. Um, there's also a discuss feature that's built into the the Bible app where you can kind of like, you know, go back and forth. But maybe maybe it's like you do this with your Fight Club, um, or, or you just show up and, and talking with somebody in your MC during dinner time about what you've been reading this week in your Bible reading plan and have some sort of accountabilities, have some place to discuss it and wrestle with uh, what you're learning about God and, and God's story and what God has done um, and, and kind of work through it together. Um, and then and then just let you let this, like as we get into our Bibles, you're inevitably going to have some questions. Like the other day I was reading in Ezra and I was like, I really don't understand what's going on right now. Let that push you into uh, searching out books, Christian books and resources that can help you better understand the Word of God, right? Um, one, another another great resource that I love uh, is by uh, The Bible Project. They do these incredible illustration videos up on YouTube. I mean, they've, I'm pretty sure they have every book of the Bible um, sort of giving you an overview so you know where you're going, help you understand a little bit about uh, the, the themes, the major themes of the book, the narrative of the books that you're reading, um, and give you a little bit insight. So as you're reading through, you can kind of pick up on those things and see uh, what's going on. So let let those supplemental resources uh, be available to you. Um, you know, I've got books. If you need book recommendations, I'm, I'm happy to loan books out if you give them back. Um, that's a big thing for me. Okay. I've given out too many books and I don't get them back and I end up reordering them, which... I'd rather, you know, I'd rather somebody have the book and, and, and use it than it not get used at all. So anyway, but that's sidebar. Um, and then ulti- and, and let's wrestle with some of these big things that we're, we're trying to think about and knowing God. Now, so it's not just a matter of knowing God and his character, um, but understanding how God's character um, propels him into action. So when we're talking about knowing God, uh, we want to also understand what God has done uh, and, and trace that back to why God does what he does. And so really what this talks about, and, and, and it really, this is where the end of Paul's prayer um, really puts us in, in the forefront where he talks about, we're giving thanks to the father who's, what he's, what has he done? Well, the, this father has qualified you. First of all, we had to call him father. He's qualified you to share in the her- inheritance of the saints in light. So, okay, for, first of all, so the fact that you get to call him father, he's adopted us, he's brought us into, he's qualified us to share in the inheritance. So he's treating us like sons and daughters, getting access to all the benefits and the blessings that the Father wants to pass down to us. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Once again, here we are in the kingdom of the Son. It's a family kingdom uh, and in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So here we see what God has done. Ultimately, like it's pointing us to the gospel. When, we, when we're setting out to know more about God, to, to, to increase in the knowledge of God, to be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, really that revolves around the gospel. We want to know the gospel in a deeper way and, and understand what Jesus has done for us and how this impacts our daily life and, and, and really every avenue, every little uh, nook and cranny of our lives, how Jesus is wanting to get in there and be, be part of that. So when, when we're praying to know God, like we're, we're really also praying to know the gospel deeper right? To know how the gospel speaks to the deep longings of my heart, how the gospel informs uh, my imagination and and what I'm pursuing in my life. So this is not just um, 
when we say we want to know about God uh, or know God, it's not merely informational. There's a lot of information. Like we we want to uh, obtain information about God, but ultimately we want to have relationship with God, which is what the gospel affords us, that Jesus brings us in to the family of God. So how do we actually not just know about God? Because I, I think I said, like, I can know all of Michael Jordan's stats. I can know about every shoe he's ever made. I can know, I can know, you know, all of his story and all of the stuff, but there's still this gap in knowing about Michael Jordan and actually knowing Michael Jordan. And we want to bridge this gap with God where we all, we want to know about God. We want to know about him, his character and what he's done in the world. But we also want to know him in this personal and relational Way And so as we read the Bible, it's not just merely about um, gaining information about God, but actually being with God, being present with him, um, using this time uh, of scripture reading as having a devotional aspect of this, of just, just being present with the Lord. And, and one of the things that I, I've found very helpful um, is by um, Pete Scazzaro called, uh, what's it called? Uh, he's got a devotional. It's, it's, um, called the daily office is, is the time where he's just, I'm taking five minutes of my day to just be silent, to, to be before the Lord, to open myself up to him, to hear from him if he's willing to speak to me. Um, and he's got this great little devotional called day by day, short morning and afternoon or evening, um, devotional sort of things to help you sort of just be present, um, to give yourself to some time of prayer and silence, which is one of the ways that we engage relationally, um, with God. Um, and also like we talked about, um, on this past Sunday, fasting can be part of this as well. This time of of setting aside the creaturely comforts, the the physical things that we we say that we become uh, reliant upon, and say, well, I, I actually want to fill myself um, in devotion toward God with God, um, in, in refraining from some of those things. And so, um, th- those are a couple of ways that we can give ourselves to the relational elements of of knowing God, being filled with the, the knowledge of God. Um, now. One of the reasons um, why this is so important is because we're in a time where we can get tossed around so easily. Um, we, we, we just have so many different voices shouting in our heads, um, telling us what to do on the news, social media, wherever you're hearing this from, coworkers, um, where we want to be able to navigate life wisely. We want to navigate life well, live the good life as we've been talking about as we go through the gospel of Matthew. And and really the foundation of that is to know God. Um, uh, we, we've talked about this a, a few weeks ago, actually, like when when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, right? What, what he's talking about, this true righteousness, which kingdom people are meant to embody is really um, not, not necessarily moral perfection, though we, we do strive to be morally upright people. But this perfection, um, this righteousness is really boils down to having a single-minded focus on God, having a single-minded uh, uh, just devotion to God, and 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 directly. Uh, narrowed and focused in on on God. And so this is why we want to know God. It's the foundation to living the good life. Now listen, as we know God, so not only is it informational, not only is it relational, but it's transformational. It, it, it changes us. The knowledge of God changes us. I think um, 
John Calvin in his Institutes talks about this, uh, that, that the knowledge of God is always accompanied by a greater knowledge of ourselves. That, that in knowing God, there is this personal change that God is wanting to accomplish in our lives so that we could be more like Jesus, that we would enjoy him more, we would worship him more, but that there would actually be this way where Jesus is living from within us. And when, we, when the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us and the word of God dwells richly in us, Jesus starts living out of us more and more. We start yielding to the Spirit and understanding that sort of dynamic of trusting the Spirit and our convictions of the heart um, and, and living into those things um, where, where we leave behind the old man uh, that Paul talks about in, in Corinthians, um, to leave behind the old man. He talks about that this in, in Colossians chapter 3 as well, putting the old man to death and letting the new man live. Um, and that's what we want to do, that in knowing God, it would actually change us in, in a very profound and personal way. And so this prayer that we have to know God is actually a huge prayer, huge prayer, to be filled, to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding that God would help us to know the times, to navigate them wisely, to increase in the knowledge of God. And as we increase in the knowledge of God, theology is, is the study of God. Theology leads to doxology, which is really going to get us to the fourth uh, bullet point of this vision to worship hard, right? The, the only that way that we're going to end up worshiping hard is if we know God rightly. And so um, I, I, I pray that uh, this would encourage you to jump into your Bibles, find some people to be accountable with, make that time, carve it out. You know, you, you take time to eat every day, right? You, you time, take time to fill your gullet every day. Why, why not take a little bit of time to fill your soul with the Word of God? It's so important for us in our discipleship, in the sake, you know, for the sake of sanity as we navigate a broken and confusing world to, to have this spiritual wisdom and understanding. It's vital for us as disciples of Jesus, and not just disciples, but people who want to, disciples who want to make disciples. Like, we want to, to start a legacy here in our life, to see a legacy arrive, rise out of our own lives, and to be able to pass that on to our kids, not only to our kids, um, but to others who are in our missional community, having this spiritual legacy. So whether or not you have kids or not. So so this is good news. If you're a single person, like this is how you cultivate a legacy here by contributing to your missional community, being a person who knows God well and can help other people come to know God in a deeper, more profound way. So guys, I, I think that in in almost every way, this, this vision, this prayer that we have uh, for 2021 is just as big, just as epic as what we were hoping that God would do in 2020. Um, and so I, I am excited about this year. I'm excited and hopeful for what the Lord uh, can do in us as we seek him and, and, and look and, and just give our hearts to the pursuit of knowing God and ultimately what comes out of this. Like, can you imagine? So Think of this, if, if you do this yourself, you get to experience some sort of personal revival, this sort of personal renewal take place that the knowledge of God brings uh, brings you to life. And, it, and imagine if you can get a few people from your missional community doing this, com- committing to being in the word, um, spending time with Jesus on a daily basis, how your missional community dynamics would change. And then imagine if, if you know, all of our missional communities have people doing this, that, that are giving themselves to the pursuit of of increasing the knowledge of God, that what kind of impact that would make on our church and spill out from our church into our city. I think, I think that, uh, man, that, that gets me excited. That gets me pumped up. So knowing God is an, is not an individualistic thing. Um, I, 
I I have a shallow more. My understanding of God is, is shallow when I keep it sort of just a me and God personal thing. Um, God throughout the scriptures throughout history has revealed himself, not mere, not just to individuals, but to a community. And it's in this community where God helps us press us into the truth. Because if I'm in my own little isolation chamber, if it's just me and God, I can, I can create a God in my own image. I can say, well, this is the God that I worship, which is fitting for me, which is just idolatry. It's taking God and hijacking him. And so it's so important for us, this, this commitment of knowing more would not only be a personal commitment, but a communal commitment that together we are committed to knowing God more and being filled with his wisdom and spiritual understanding. So let's give ourselves to this, uh, to know God more personally and within the context of community. Love you guys. Can't wait to do this on Sunday as we open up the word of God together and preaching as we continue our way through the sermon on the Mount. Take care. Have a great rest of your week.